there's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Rangers chase a place in 48 hours' time in the Europa League final if they make it. I think we can safely assume the victory would be dedicated to Jimmy Bell, their legendary kit man. He was a fixture at Rangers for 30 years and there's been a lot of shock and sadness being expressed today. And Chris Burke knew him well. Yeah, I did and it's so sad to hear it came as a shock like probably everybody else expected. Um Today when the, the news came out, um, sad, sad, our thoughts and prayers are with his family because I know he's a, he was a great family man. Um, and funny enough, uh, I got on so well with him. I was a young kid and I was always uh, the second hand of his, his kit man. I always used to help a lot with him. Um, and I think he took to me just because I had a different work ethic from from the rest where I would go to uh, the home games and the away games and I've actually got a story at, uh, that I can tell you later about Jimmy Bell when I actually went to Parkhead uh, to help him to help him out but yeah it's, it's such sad sad thought to, to think that, that he's gone now but um, I'm sure he'll be well respected because he's a you know Ross Wilson talks about elite um, at Rangers but he's definitely the elite kit man Our sympathies uh, go out to uh, Jimmy Bell's family those nearest and dearest left behind um and sadly missed, and there's been a great outpouring of uh, sadness um, and great appreciation, I think, from a lot of players like Chris uh, for what he'd done for them over the years. So we will be talking about Jimmy Bell in the course of the show. Celtic uh, closing in on a permanent deal, it seems, for on-loan Benfica winger Jota. The Portuguese club are expecting the buyout clause to be activated by the Scottish champions in waiting. As uh, seven point five million euros uh, appears to be the fee, that is six point three million pounds, Crags, and that sounds like good business. It does indeed. You have to say he's been a, a shining light throughout the season. He was something different at the start of the season for Celtic. He's a match winner. He's creative. He gets people off their seats. He entertains. Uh, he adds goals and assists to his play. He's at the perfect age, Rob, for Celtic to bring him in at twenty-three years of age on a permanent deal because. Um, I think there's another move in him. And if Celtic see that kind of uh, prospect in him to move him on further down the line, there could be a good profit in it for them. So not just will he be a good player over the next two or three years, he also has saleability moving forward. Uh, and he's one of the players that, that has really lit up the league this year. So that's one of our, our stories tonight that we will be talking more about uh, the fact that that Jota loan looks like it could soon be a permanent arrangement and how good has he been recently um, having come back from injury of course and having been over the course of the season pretty sensational for Celtic you would have to say 
Um, so talking about Jota, talking about the death, uh, the sad death of Jimmy Bell, the legendary Rangers kit man. Mark Lowell is Celtic's new head of recruitment. That appointment has been confirmed. Uh, Celtic waiting to get the title, surely only a matter of time. Six points ahead, three games to go after the one-all draw at Celtic Park on Sunday. Will uh, Kemar Roof be ready for Ibrox on Thursday? Rangers uh, looking to get home in the second leg of their Europa League semi-final. Can they make a, a European final 1-0 down from the first leg? Uh, Kemar Roof with a big question mark over him. Uh, Aaron Ramsey the same. They might both be available. The Premiership playoffs are starting tonight. Partick Thistle against Inverness is 7.05 kickoff. That's uh, the first leg of that game. The winners then would play our broth. Uh, the winners of that uh, would then play second bottom in the Premiership. Uh, and that lo is looking more and more as if it's going to be St. Johnston. Uh, three Scottish teams guaranteed group football in Europe next season up till Christmas. Uh, first and second in the Premiership, Hearts who have uh, nailed on third place. Uh, we have Bucky the Achiever with us, of course, in the studio. We'll be talking about that. It's the award-winning Chris Burke. In fact, you better tell us about that award that you won on Sunday night. Oh, the award of the the, the manager, the manager's achievement award I won. Exactly. Yeah. I said to them when they gave me that award, so it's a player, a player awards do at Kilmarnock on Sunday, um, and I said to them, you know, I think he's actually made up an award so I can get one because um, it's never been given out before. So it was a nice touch for for Derek McInnes and his coaching staff to recognise uh, something of myself this season. But it's been a tough season, Rob, but mm -hmm. a great one. Um, I've I've loved every minute of it, even though it's been so tough, mentally draining as well as physically. Um, I learned a lot this season from myself, um, and I'm just delighted for the club that we actually we got there in the end because I brought credit to them. Gave such a great fight. Yeah, and it I sounds think... like a teacher's pet award, Rob, doesn't well, it? Well, it does. Do you know what I mean? It does. <laughs> Look at that wee guy. We feel sorry for him stuck in the wing. Tell you what we'll do. We'll give him an award. I know. That's what we'll I do. I felt so bad, Craig. Honestly, <laughs> I felt I felt terrible. I felt a little. But I'll tell you, I was um, getting changed um, in the night of the awards, and my son comes up to me and he says, "You know, Dad, where are you going?" And I, I was like, um, "I've got to play the year awards at Kilmarnock," and he says, "Right, okay." He goes away for a minute, comes back, and he goes, "Dad, I think you should get an award." I went, oh, that's nice, son. Thanks very much, you know. But I think, you know, Rory McKenzie, Zach Heyman, who've been terrific, will get all these awards. And I said, by interest, what sort of awards do you think I should get? And do you know what he said to me? Most improved player. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. At the, at the age of... At the age of 37. So basically, he's watched me. Um, in 37 years of my playing career, he's thought I've been rubbish. And well, I've he hasn't only... watched you for 37 years what Yeah I know boy? So he's 13 He's 13 He could so, have watched Dave Well he uh, obviously thinks you're like a fine wine He feels as if you're getting better with age Yeah So that's how you should be selling to the manager To make sure you get another year's deal That's what I yeah, think Yeah yeah I know And I take it the other Kelly players Didn't wind you up or anything they About, get, about getting they the did. manager's award So now, now the award's not the manager achievement award It's the most improved player award <laughs> Yeah it sounds better definitely <laughs> Um so uh, we have an award winner in the studio, Crags, with plenty of awards, of course, behind him. Oh. Uh, Did you win any Player of Year awards? Oh, you'd have been Motherwell's yeah. back top, in the top day, player a few yeah. times. Yeah. Not that it, you know, normally when the team had a poor season, you'd get that. I normally got it. <laughs> but when the team were winning games and scoring goals, yeah, it's, great. it's hard. It goes to the forward. It's hard for a defensive player. player to actually get it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but if you're doing well, you're right. Top goal scorer usually oh, gets it. They also had an own goal of the season, didn't they? Yeah. Listen, that was hands down. That was mine every season, Rob. <laughs>
Undisputed. Yeah. yeah, once you've won that a few times, you get to keep it, I think. Right, so, uh, yes, we've got the award-winning Chris Park in the studio. Uh, we've got Ryan Christie against Scott McKenna tonight for promotion. What a game that is in the what English Championship. It's Bournemouth against Nottingham Forest. If Forest win, they go above uh, Bournemouth into that second automatic promotion place to the Premier League. So it's worth it's worth tens of worth millions. Well, it's worth, you know, I would have thought... Um, how much would we be about? 100 million plus to go to the and Premier gone League? Up because the new TV yeah. deal went up. I, I think it's 150 plus. Really? It right. really yeah. is because of the new TV deal that mm. was bumped up a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, the new TV has now kicked in. So it's um, no financially what, hugely rewarding for both yeah. clubs. No matter what, it's always rising the money in England, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the rewards. But that, and, and leaving us further behind. What? And leaving us further yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But what a incredible achievement Nottingham Forest have done you know I was at yeah. that club in to the, at the beginning I think there were seven games in they hadn't won a game yeah. they, they were they, bottom of the table yeah, I think with, with just a draw which yeah. was incredible yeah. um, the new manager takes over and I think on form I think they're just behind Fulham now Fulham are an incredible team obviously they're, I think the first team to reach over 100 goals um, for Fulham and Mitrovic I think scored about 41 goals or something 43, 43 and 43 I think wow. he's broke a record anyway. winning him Mind you, he's, he's, on a fair, he's on a fair old wage. Oh uh, yeah, Mitrovic. I think is he on 140 grand a week? Is it all I like guess in the in the English Championship. Yeah, I know, but you're getting that money back if yeah. you're getting Sunday 43 yeah. and 43. That's yeah. that's just how it goes, isn't it? That was a gamble, wasn't yeah. it? Giving him that sort of money, keeping him on that yeah. sort of money. But but as you say, uh, they strike it rich yeah. if they, if they get promoted. Yeah. And Steve Cooper um, at, at Forest, a as huge you club. said, uh, as you said, is uh, has done a great job. Bottom of the table in September, mm-hmm. and and they could be into that automatic promotion spot. Yeah. Although it would be a massive blow to. Bournemouth because they've been in that position yeah, now for so big. long they've spent big they've, yeah. spent, they've spent big I think they bought is it Solanke mm-hmm. in, in January and, um, I think they have two home games they're well. home to uh, Forest tonight and Millwall right and I think so Forest, they get two bites Forest at are it. away to Bournemouth and away to Hull not mm-hmm. that there'll be much to play for but Bournemouth will still feel even a draw tonight yes. they could possibly beat yeah. Millwall even draw with Millwall to, uh, this is the one isn't it for, for Forest. Forest Forest have to win Forest have to probably win their next two and see how it goes but isn't it great just to have two Scottish players involved in it Yeah, I know. you know Steve Clark yeah. is wanting as many international players in the top flight as he can possibly get Ryan Christie leaves Celtic to go to Bournemouth people criticise him he's on the verge potentially of going back or sorry moving up to the Premier League but also Celtic will probably have a sell on Aberdeen will have a sell, not sorry, a sell on an add on yes. if they get to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So, can I imagine yeah. Dave Cormack is certainly keeping an eye on that one, thinking <laughs> we could do with a few extra big coming in? Absolutely, that's a massive game tonight. Then, Bournemouth uh, against Nottingham Forest, which could have a big say in who joins Fulham on the way up to the Premier League. And as we're saying, it just means mega money. Uh, Villarreal against Liverpool is tonight. Uh, are Glenn Torren playing tonight, Crags, or are you free to watch that no, one? No, they're not. No, I, I'll probably sit and watch that one. Okay, all right. Just by default, really. They, they will play next Tuesday, I think Glenn Torren will be playing, so I'll be watching it. Okay. Um, <laughs> thanks for playing. Uh, Villarreal against Liverpool. 2-0 uh, Liverpool from the first leg. Uh, so well on their way, you'd say they've got a foot in the final. Uh, it would seem um, Villarreal just sat in last week and uh, still lost by two goals to nil. We're going to be having a little look at who might be leaving Celtic and Rangers in the summer. Um, big change around at Celtic you would imagine there's quite a lot of players there surplus to requirements but then you could probably say the same about Rangers with a new with Giovanni van Bronckhorst having his first real chance to go into the transfer window and, and make some changes and if Ange Postecoglou has the same sort of strike rate at Celtic that he's had in the last couple of transfer windows um, then Celtic might be disappearing off into the distance uh, also Aaron Hickey is on Arsenal's radar we understand 
the Bologna defender, still only 19, of course, Scotland international. And Calvin Ramsey of Aberdeen uh, is very much on Liverpool's radar, it appears. He's only 18 and uh, he was the football writer's young player of the year. So there is plenty going on tonight. If you want to get in touch with us, 0808 17 17 700 if you want to join the football conversation or you can let us know what you're thinking on the socials at Go Football Show. Another uh, story that's rumbling around at the moment is the departure of John McGlynn, Craggs and Paul Smith from Wraith Rovers. Their contracts are mm-hmm. up and uh, they will be moving on by mutual consent, that great old phrase that covers uh, quite a lot. Um, And maybe, um, obviously, they missed the playoffs, so that's a factor. That would be a reason not to want to continue Mm -hmm. the arrangement. Um, Also, because the David Goodwillie controversy, um, John McGlynn was obviously caught up in it, and and maybe there's a feeling at Wraith Rovers that they want to change as much as they can in terms of the hierarchy. Yeah, there's no doubt that kind of blotched the copybook of a lot of people at Wraith Rovers whenever that situation happened. Uh, John McGlynn thought he was doing the right thing. Uh, it seems since he's made an apology and said it was a wrong decision. Um, but also their form hasn't been great. Wraith Rovers have fell away. You know, they were right up in the playoff spot. So I think probably from a footballing perspective, it's probably time for a change to try something fresh. He's had two or three goes at it and hasn't managed to get them out of the division. So uh, it, it does seem uh, that it's a well-kept secret that he will be moving to Falkirk. That seems to be the word in the street yeah. that he'll be the next Falkirk manager. You can see the attraction because he knows the lower leagues. He's got promotion out of League One previously. Uh, Falkirk are desperate to get out of League One and get themselves into the championship. So he's an experienced manager who knows players, has a good style of play. His team are good to watch on the eye. Uh, and you think if he goes to Falkirk, certainly that would be a coup for them. That's but, a good job for uh, somebody, Wraith Rovers as well, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, no, just to talk about John McGlynn, you know, I was really impressed uh, by Wraith Rovers this season, probably. Mm-hmm. They play a nice they, style they, of they football, play, don't they? They play they? the right way. Um, their rotations are fantastic. I know he worked closely with Brendan Rodgers, done a lot of scouting work. John McGlynn then obviously took that job at Rafe Rovers. I don't know how many years he's there. Was it five years, maybe? As I'm long not as sure. that, yeah. Yeah, 30, so, 30, listen, yeah. as well, it's difficult, isn't it? Maybe he just thought it was a fresh start somewhere. But no matter what, where he goes, he'll make that other team better. Um, you know, make every, he brings the best out yeah. of every player. Because if you got... I know Danny Armstrong, I know Ewan Murray, who had who played with him, uh, played for him with Rafe Rovers and obviously you married him into the family and mm. Danny came straight to us and they loved him. They thought, you know, his style of play was fantastic and they made him, they made them a, a better player. So wherever he goes, he'll definitely make the club better. Um, on Rafe Rovers, it was another attraction for them, but just whether they, he spoke to the board and they think about, you know, they haven't let their good players go again and John McGlynn might get a bit frustrated with that. So it depends on what, what their aspirations are this next season. I just think if he could rewind the tape though, John McGlynn, he would have steered well clear of that whole controversy. Um, yeah. It just, it just left a black cloud hanging over the place. It so it? maybe that's uh, the best way to end yeah. it, you know, just go on separate ways and to try something new. I just wonder whether that might be, they might go down a different road now, Wraith Rovers. They might go look for a, someone young. And I mean, you mentioned Kevin. Kevin Thompson to me, Craig's yeah. pre-show. Scott Brown was one mm-hmm. because he's a yeah. he's a fifer. Uh, yeah. That that's one that came came well, to my thoughts. I think Kevin Thompson's uh, linked with Hibs also. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Mulberry and I think Appleton is linked with that. But Kevin Thompson's done a great job at Kelty Hearts. Yeah. You know, um, he's a young, bright, energetic manager. I'm sure he has great ideas of his own. So you're right in saying that. I'm sure Rafe Rovers. It's just whether what way do they want to go? Um, do they want guarantees of experience or do they want to go in the direction of? You know, a young manager is going to make mistakes. He's going to, you know, have to learn the hard way. 
Um, it's just is he going to is Rafe Rovers board going to give him that time? You just look at Sean Maloney. You know he didn't mm. get that time given. He had about what three or four months before he he got the billet. So it depends what the board are actually looking for, and they need to make sure. When, for me, I just think I find it strange. I don't know about you, but board make a decision. They just don't stick by it. Um, if they're going to go young, they have to expect that there's going to be mistakes, and you might have to wait an extra six months before you actually get, you know, what you're looking for from for the board. So, yeah, it's in, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, whoever gets that job, I'm sure they'll be looking for playoffs at least, won't they? I think Sean Maloney is probably the reason that Hibs won't go for Kevin Thompson because you do yeah. tend to get that roller coaster, don't you, between experienced managers and then young and up and up and comings. And I think Sean Maloney was a gamble because he'd never run a club before as a team manager, um, and it's failed. Well, isn't well, yeah, it has because he's no job. You know, Sean probably deep inside felt as if he he could make progress as he moved forward, but the ruthless world of football means that. Owners uh, are probably under pressure from supporters, but they want results immediately. They want things to change. You know, I think before Jack left, they had lost seven out of nine. Sean came in and won three out of 15. So that is a long time for Hibs not to have won an awful lot of football games. Five out of, what, 22 mm. or 23, you know, or 24, is it? That's a long period of time and, and very few games to win. So rather than sticking with it and thinking, you know, we'll get to the summer, he just thought, Do you know what? I'm going to make a big call because they'd lost back-to-back to hearts, hadn't made the top six, hadn't made the Scottish Cup final. And that is a lot of disappointment as a football club to suffer when Hibs really should be making cup finals and get themselves into the top three or four. To suddenly lose that, then he thought, you know, fair play to him. I've made the call. Not I've maybe made it wrong, and I'm I'm, I'm going to move it on. But Stephen Glass at Aberdeen is another one. Mm. You know, probably frightened off Dave Cormack for going for an inexperienced mm. manager again. That's why Jim Goodwin, who's managed for about five or six years, probably thinking that's you know the road to go down. So, I think you know young un, young untried managers may just take a back seat for a little while until someone else comes yes. forward and does well. Then it becomes a trend again. Everyone thinks, well, that's yeah. that's the path to go down. It's just strange because if you look Hibs, well, when I watched Hibs the last time and. And that, and they played Hearts and Hamden. Mm-hmm. I thought they played really well. I thought their performance was excellent. If I'm honest, um, I thought they were the better team. They stuck at it with ten men, didn't yes, they? Yes, and um, so you're judged on results rather than performances mm-hmm. and how you see your your team progressing. Yeah. Um. Oh right, maybe Sean Maloney made mistakes and he has to learn from the mistakes. Where's he going to learn from mistakes? You just never mm. know. But I just think you have to stick by it if you're going to make that decision. In my in my my eyes. Um, no matter if you're young or old, you know, if it's a older manager, you know what it's like, Craig, you've coached before, like, you, you can't change the whole culture and the whole philosophy of a team in the space of, what, 17 games or yeah. something like that. It's very difficult to get your points across and yeah. for a for a training session or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah. In a, in a certain sense, he'd no chance because Martin Boyle was sold. Exactly. Uh, as, as he was coming in, Martin Boyle was heading out. Mm-hmm. The the top goal scorer, their, their big attacking threat, um, there was a, there were issues with Christian Doidge yeah. he had injuries Kevin didn't he Nisbet come back Kevin Nisbet then in early February just yeah. after the window had yeah. shut so yeah. right away then you're taking a lot of goals and a lot of attack and threat Christian Doidge was missing as well yeah. but unfortunately owners sometimes don't look at that you know they look at what's the result am I seeing progression am I happy with what I'm seeing what's the feeling amongst the fans because there's no doubt owners and, and chief executives are aware of social media and aware of what the kind of word is and any kind of negativity sometimes can put a little bit of fear into them and they make a quick decision to move on. 
Lots to talk about on the show tonight, no doubt about that. Looking back as well on Sunday, Celtic won, Rangers won. What a cracking game it was, but Rangers didn't get the win they were after and it all means that Celtic are six points, effectively seven points in front with just three games to go. But Rangers of the Scottish Cup final to look forward to and maybe they've got a Europa League final to look forward to as well. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go! It's Rob McLean with uh, Chris Burke, the award-winning Chris Burke heading for the Premiership or is he with Kilmarnock? Will we be talking for the next few weeks and months about a new deal for him as we were a year ago? And of course he decided to stay with Kilmarnock and that decision was very much vindicated uh, by their automatic promotion back to Scottish football's top flight. Uh, Stephen Cregan is with us as well. He's won uh, a lot of awards in the past. I'll be digging through Wikipedia in the course of the next couple of hours to find out exactly what they were. Uh, but we've got lots to talk about uh, tonight. And there, and there is a, a fair bit of uh, sadness in the air because... Uh, um, it was a shock for lots of people, I think, uh, this morning when they found out that Rangers legendary uh, kit man Jimmy Bell uh, had died at the age of uh, 69. Uh, lots of big names uh, from the current and from the past have been uh, voicing their upset and their sadness and their appreciation as well, uh, Chris Burke, for all that, uh, that Jimmy Bell had done for them. And, you know, you spoke right at the yeah. top of the show and it would be good to speak a little bit more about your memories of Jimmy Bell. Yeah, he was a, he was a great man, a great human being. Um, as I said, I used to help him a lot with the kit um, I, at the academy. I remember I used to have to walk to the subway and go off at the Ibrox and, and then help him with the kit before the first team came in. And I think he just took a liking of me because he knew I had that work ethic to, to help help him out um, it was fantastic loved an arm wrestle to be fair I think every new player that came in he would he would test him with an arm wrestle because he was a strong character um, as well as um, very physically well but I just remember my first old firm game away because um, I was helping him out and that was a that that, that opened up my eyes to the actual rivalry um, and back then you didn't really get a lot of uh, how would I say stewards and stuff to help you off the bus so I remember we had to go back to the bus to get extra kit and stuff like that and the amount of stick I was getting in front of my face at a young kid I was still a bit um, scared at that point but I just remember him protecting me every time a, a Celtic fan would, would come over and give a stick he would be blocking them in the, in the way and that's what he did he, he protected um, he was kind of like a father figure if I'm honest not just to me but to still other younger players and he always loved a, a Scottish player coming through and and doing well and he looked after you very very well and he was so meticulous in his work um i can't i can't speak highly enough of him um as much as people say he was a bit reserved and some people say he was a little bit like marmite but what he did do is he just judged you from afar and he would let you in if you if you were a good human being mm -hmm. um so you know my thoughts and prayers are with him and i'll always remember me getting sticking in my first old firm game even though i was i was helping jimmy bell out as a, as a kid boy I remember my first um, meetings with Jimmy Bell. I found him pretty scary. <laughs> I found him a scary, scary yeah. guy because he was very protective of of his little kingdom, that mm -hmm. mini kingdom, the kit room, the the boot room, the dressing room, that his area. He was just testing uh, you. And, and if I if I was you know if I was maybe looking to interview somebody, run in there at some point. Uh, you know that that was just the vibe he came off. He gave off, and it, and it was only really relatively recently when I was. 
uh, introduced to his inner sanctum and met him kind of in a different way, mm-hmm. um, you know, and found him to be a, a pretty big-hearted guy yes. and a, maybe a bit of a softy. Yes, he's very warm. As I said, he's a family man, um, very family-orientated, and that's all that matters to him, you know, doing his work in the right way, in the right manner, and then going home and, and looking after his family. And he, tra- he treated Rangers like his family as well. And I... As I said, there's going to be so many people talking about Jimmy Bell in a good way. You'll not hear one bad word about him. And you can see the the messages pouring through from, from top, top players as well. Mm. Um, he's been through so many, many managers, I think. You know, I think it was 11 managers or something. Graham Sooners, doesn't he? Yeah. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. And he had Giovanni Van Bronckhorst as a player. And big characters like Gaza. Um, and every single one of them loved him. Um, he was fantastic at his work. I've never ever seen a... Uh, no disrespect to all the kit men that I've worked with. I've never ever seen somebody work um, so meticulous, 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 yeah, meticulous in him. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, and we've been looking at pictures today, haven't we? we? And we keep seeing pictures of of the the tributes building up mm. Ibrox, and but lots of Celtic fans and Rangers fans getting together, and that's it. You know, same sort of. You know, in in a way, he's kind of he, he's one of these guys that crossed the divide. Yeah, what's interesting, my kind of memories often were kind of coming together with him was he used to always come into the dressing room at Ibrox after a game because a lot of the boys who maybe come up from England and played against Rangers or played against Celtic always wanted to get a jersey. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Jimmy didn't want players giving jerseys away. So, umpteen times he had to be chased out of our dressing room because he was trying to get the jerseys back off the players who'd got them off the Rangers players. You know, so he was always wanting to make sure that, that everything was kept intact. And I think... It was a nice quote from from Josh Windass today, wasn't it? I think it was on social media somewhere where uh, on one of his first days training or one of his games during the winter when he asked for a pair of gloves and Jimmy's answer was, Loudrup didn't wear gloves. <laughs> you know? So he's just putting them right in his place as if to say, listen, yeah. I know I'm a kit man, but I've yeah. worked with players a lot yeah. higher up than you, which to fair play to Josh <laughs> Windass for doing that. But, you know, kit men normally are people who support their club. You know, they've grown up as a fan of that club. They've never had the opportunity to play for their club, but the next best thing is working for the club, mm-hmm. working for the club that they love and support. And I certainly know the kit man at Motherwell, Alan McDonald's, the same, but Jimmy Bell would have been that. A Rangers supporter growing up, never got the chance to play for Rangers, but the next best thing is actually working at the club, uh, you know, and, and following the club and being involved in it and, and bringing that pride and passion. And then seeing those players coming in like Gascoigne's and McCoy's and Loudrup's and dealing with these guys and still being level-headed and getting his job done, so... I think it's certainly a sad day for Scottish football and a sad day for Rangers. I think there's there's one thing for sure is that you know all everybody knows Rangers players, Rangers icons, but you ever known as a kit man, everybody knows Jimmy Bell. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what he looks like. He's an icon, yeah, and he's a gentleman. And the best way to, um, to tell you how he's a gentleman every time you come off as a substitute, he's always got that big jacket waiting for you to put it over you, mm-hmm. and that just shows you how much a big heart he has. Yeah, there's a lot of love uh, in the air for Jimmy Bell on his sad death at the age of uh, 69. Uh, Rangers will wear black armbands, um, I feel fairly sure in saying on Thursday night. Uh, and I imagine if they, as I said at the top of the show, Craig, if if they get to the final, if they get the job mm-hmm. done on, on Thursday night, um, I would imagine that would be dedicated, dedicated to the yeah. memory of Jimmy Bell. Well, it's funny, sometimes players don't need that little bit of extra motivation for games. Sometimes games take care of themselves. Certain games, I'd imagine old firm games, you don't need to send off a lot as a manager to try and inspire people. Uh, you know, a Europa League semi-final, you probably don't need to send off a lot to inspire players. However, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst may just throw a little word in or have some sort of picture or some sort of tribute 
for the players to see, not before they walk onto the pitch, but in the build-up to the game, Rob, just to touch a few emotions and try and inspire them that little bit more if they can. And it would be a, an incredible feat if Rangers could could get through to the final and beat a good side like RB Leipzig. And if there's any kind of extra motivation, if there's such a thing they need, the name of Jimmy Bell will do that to all the players. When you think the likes of Alan McGregor and Stephen Davis who've been around the club mm. a long, long time, over two spells, you would think they'd be hammering it home to the players as well. And individually, the players will know what's at stake. So that little push may just be for Jimmy Bell on Thursday night, I would imagine. I think there's a feeling already that uh, this might be fated for Rangers to do what they're doing at the moment, to get to the final, maybe to win the, the Europa League. And I guess the timing of this tragedy uh, might just add to it, Chris. Yeah, but, you know, as much as uh, Craig says it's the motivation, I, I think, you know, the best thing, you know, that we all will do, we do it for him. Um, the Rangers fans all do it for him. The Rangers players all do it from the Rangers staff. Everybody who's connected to Rangers will want to qualify and go into the final, and it will be, as Craig said, all, all for, for him. And it might be that little bit of motivation that, that they need. But if I'm honest, I think they probably don't need that motivation because because they'll be motivated so much just to do it for his family and for him himself. But um, as sad, and sometimes you get lost for words just for, for talking about him because uh, he was a, a huge influence in my Rangers career and I, I bet you a lot of people will be saying the same. It's Thursday night at Ibrox. It's 1-0 Leipzig from the first leg, that late goal for uh, RB Leipzig, um, giving them a, a slender advantage to take to Ibrox. What's your feeling, Crags, at the moment uh, about the likelihood of Ruth and Ramsey being involved do you get the feeling that they will be available and actually I guess the second part to that would be even if they're 75% fit you'd, you'd gamble on them wouldn't you I think Roof is a bigger need than what Ramsey is at this moment in time because Rangers don't have a recognised centre forward that have the instincts of a centre forward and by that I mean someone who can back in someone who can ruffle up defenders, someone who makes centre-forward runs, who can hold the ball up, they can link the play up, which Kimar Roof done against Braga and done against Celtic, and I think it made them a better team. So when you're missing Alfredo Morelos, you want to go to your second choice, which is Kimar Roof. Out with your second choice, Joe Rebus been playing centre-forward, Fashion Sakala's played centre-forward, but seems more comfortable on the wing. And I know I praised Joe Rebus last Thursday night for his influence in the second half, it's because he didn't have anything in the first half. He didn't have a target man or a focal point in the first half in Germany. And he won a few headers and he, he kind of drew a bit of attention from centre uh, from centre halves. But Joe Rebo's natural instinct is still to go short towards the ball and turn and face people up. Whereas Kimar Roof is a centre forward. He wants to play against people. He knows how to win free kicks. He knows how to just upset people. And I think Rangers need that on Thursday night. They need an out-and-out centre forward. So if you can only get 60 minutes out of him, give him 60 minutes. I wouldn't say I could win you the game in 60 minutes, but I could put you in a really strong position within 60 minutes to go and do that. We're not too sure how good they are at the back. I watched them last night against Borussia Mönchengladbach and they conceded three goals. And anybody who penetrated them, ran in behind them, balls down the side of them, they looked really uncomfortable. So no doubt Rangers will have watched that. They probably know that anyway, but last night was just further confirmation that if you can get a centre-forward who knows how to play that centre-forward role in tight areas and up against centre-halves could make a major difference in the tie. What do you think, Chris? Do you, do you think Rangers need Roof to be able to turn this tie around or could they manage it without him? That's a really, really, really good question, Rob. <laughs> and a difficult one to answer just because you look at Morelos, you look at Tavernier, the two of them have scored six goals and the closest person next to that has scored two in Roof. 
So where's the goals coming from? So yes, I do think they need a striker probably in roof to qualify. But you just never know, can they do it? But it's going to be really difficult. I think it'll be more difficult than actually people think, albeit it's just 1-0. I just think RB Lights are a counter-attacking team. You know, it's going to be difficult when they sit in crags. You know, it's like when they, they do that deep block. And that's why I do think you probably need a striker because crosses are going to come in the box. There's got to be more bodies in the box. You need that predator instinct just to get across the front. Maybe it's a flick of a header. Maybe it's a, a second phase where the ball lands and it ricochets to a, a striker who's got that instinct, just that clinical edge, just to put it in the net. And that's probably something that Rangers have lacked and they lacked in the ho in the away tie. Even if you look at Ryan Kent, remember he got into the space and he, he just slashed it across that's the cool. face a goal. If that's a Morelos or a Roof, mm. um, maybe even so, maybe Sakala could do that as he did against Celtic. And I think that's... A, that, when, when you play in the big games like that in the semi-finals, you need your big players. You definitely need a number nine. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm saying it's a difficult question. Could VAR help? You know, could they get a set play? Because let's face it, Rangers are really good at set plays, aren't they? And if they're on the money in the set plays and they've got great attacking threat from corners, etc., great deliveries from Tavernier, then yeah, they go a, they go a goal up and then it becomes 1-1 and then they, they breathe life even without a striker. But if that doesn't happen, then where does that vocal point like Craig's is saying, be able to hold the ball up, link the play, have that clinical edge of just putting the ball in the back of the net in the six-yard box when it really, really matters? What we've seen from Rangers in the last couple of weeks is the team, the players, very much digging deep into their mm. reserves. Extra time wouldn't be the craziest of thoughts uh, for for this Thursday night. And on the back of the, the one-all draw at Celtic Park, uh, Celt yes, Celtic could have had it nailed on er early in the game. Uh, Rangers could have won it late on, uh, hitting the inside of the post uh, through the man who scored for them already, Fashion Sakala. Uh, but they uh, came up with plenty and and they just seemed to have that uh, strength of purpose about them. And this was the manager afterwards. I think after 60 or 65 minutes, we were uh, we were getting stronger and stronger. I think we did really well in, in those moments. Created, uh, you know, great chances. We hit the post. Fashion had one against one against the uh, heart. So, yeah, what can you ask for more? The only thing is uh, that we didn't score uh, the big chances we had. They've certainly proved something, haven't they, in the last couple mm. of weeks about uh, just about about character, about about fitness, about mental strength as well, Crags, which maybe uh, adds to the belief that they can get this done on Thursday. You're spot on. I think there's a new found resilience about them, Rob, which you know some people didn't think they had. And Braga and, and Celtic in the Scottish Cup semi final were the real test for them, and the energy and the appetite. And the hunger and the intensity and the fitness they showed in those games, I think has galvanised them as a squad. And you have to say, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst played his part because tactically, he got both of those games spot on. I think on Sunday, tactically, he got it spot on again because he made the substitutions at the right time. He injected pace into the team. He was brave towards the end of the game. Uh, you know, he put experienced players in when needed. So it just feels as if they're building up a head of steam now. They're starting to understand the manager. The manager's starting to understand them because you have to say they were in a great position when Giovanni Van Bronckers took over. You know, they've let a league title slip away from them, albeit the pressure of Celtic has been relentless, but Rangers will look back and think, you know, we really should have been on top of our game. They've not dropped too many points. Celtic have completely capitalised, no doubt about it. But certainly there's something different about them over the past few weeks, which will give them plenty of heart and plenty of hope on Thursday night. But Leipzig are a good side. Chris said counter-attacking team, even with possession, they're good. You know, they've got Nkunku and Andre Silva, Danny Olmo, uh, Forsberg, Poulsen, all good players, international players. And if Rangers are open or exposed to any stage, they can hurt you. 
Do you think, Craigs, that because Rangers have went that far in the competition that that, that has made them slip away from the title? Well, possibly you can look at it that way. Yeah. You know, but still the games that they dropped points in, they were well in position. Ross County, they were winning mm. down into the game, you know, late into the game. Uh, Dundee United, you know, they dominated lots of chances. Motherwell, they were tuning a lot and should have won the game. So whether it's just lapses of concentration or just yeah. not being clinical, and I, I think Giovanni Van Bronckers will tell you, they probably weren't clinical enough in those yeah. games to put them to bed. I just think any time I've looked at it, that they've been, they've had a midweek game, they've dropped points. And mm. it's probably because they've played in Europe, you know, especially the, the Dortmund one when they dropped points as well. Um, and I just think that if they were out of Europe, like Celtic were, they seem to kick on a little bit. Um, and I know we're talking about Rangers um, fitness mm. levels and stuff like that maybe miss off players or whatever but I just feel as if um, that that really happened if you look at Livingston the win on the Wednesday night 1-0 but then you said they drew 3-3 in the Saturday against Ross County and then they lose to, to Celtic away um, and then in the February uh, Dortmund they win 4-2 Dundee United away they draw 1-1 um, and then in the Thursday they, they get that 2-2 draw to make them qualify and then the backlash of that and the Sunday they draw 2-2 two, two. and I just think they've, they've they've slipped in the draws more than the defeats mm-hmm. um, and especially in the home their home form's not been great I think Celtic have five more points at home than Rangers um, and I think that's a lot and that's probably the difference because uh, between them and actually being close enough to actually win the title Could it be one of those seasons where we end it with both Rangers and Celtic fans happy? It is a possibility. The big prize was the title. Celtic are very much closing in on that. Uh, But we're Rangers to end up with the Scottish Cup at the end of this season and maybe the Europa League as well and get themselves into the Champions League group stages alongside Celtic next season. Uh, Then maybe it might be split bragging rights. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland It's the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors on a Tuesday night with Rob McLean, Stephen Cragen and Chris Burke who is heading back to the Premiership or is he? Well I don't know I'm going to ask him in a minute actually about what's oh, yeah. what's going on with, with this new I contract I don't even know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> whether, he, whether he gives me a straight answer is another question of course big games tonight uh, VRL against Liverpool is the semi-finals of the Champions League what a team Liverpool are and they've got a two goal lead uh, from Anfield to take to Spain uh, so will Villarreal get the first goal back well they'll need to cross the halfway line um, because they, they pretty much sat in in the first leg but they're two down uh, that semi-final tonight Partick Thistle against Inverness we'll, uh, we'll get our champ- our championship correspondent will uh, be updating us on who's going to win that one uh, the two Jags going head to head Bournemouth against Forest we mentioned that in the English Championship second against third and those places could change uh, tonight it's Ryan Christie of Bournemouth Scott McKenna of Nottingham Forest two Scotland players looking to be playing their football in the English Premier League next season Montrose against Airdrie is the playoff semi-finals uh, leading to the Championship they hope uh, the League One uh, semi-finals and then against Forford tonight Edinburgh City against Dumbarton and there's a last game of the season for Aberdeen women's team playing Partick Thistle women's team um, in Cove tonight, uh, where Cove Rangers play their football, of course, and uh, they are the League One champions. They are heading into the championship. 
So it is uh, Stephen Cragen and uh, Chris Burke in the studio uh, with me, Rob McLean. And Chris, mm -hmm. um, what is your? Will you be staying with Kilmarnock for next season in the Premiership? Just, I, I just want a straight. I just straight, want straight like that. I just yes want, or no? I, I just want a straight answer. Yeah, a straight answer is I don't know. Okay, <laughs> and then we can move on for there. Now I'm. Uh, I'll have a meeting with the manager tomorrow. He's having meetings with all the players, so we'll have a great discussion. You know, I'm very close with the manager. And, one thing about him, he's not just great at tactics and formations. You know, he's a great man manager, and so I'm looking forward to the discussions that we'll have and and look to the future. Do you know what, Rob? See, whatever happens, I've had a fantastic ride with Kamala. If I stay at Kamala or I go somewhere else or whatever happens with me personally in my career, um, I've seen it all and done it all with Kamala. Mm. You know, I've I've got to Europe with the times we were in a brink of relegation at the beginning. Um, finished third the highest positions Kamala's ever finished I've been relegated to the championship looks as if we're going to be in the playoffs and then I get promoted um, so no I've had a fantastic time even though if I, if I stay there or I, or I don't whatever happens it will be for the best I just want the best for the football club mm -hmm. so I'm not putting my own agenda um, as much as, as sometimes football players do and maybe just because of the age I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit more calmer in my approach maybe I wouldn't be saying that if I was like 26 um, but at the age of 38, you know, I just want what's best for the football club. It was a great answer, but it wasn't really the yes or no. I, was I gave looking, you a don't I was know. For, no, I know, I know you did give me a don't know. <laughs> but I, I would imagine from what you said earlier on in the show, that I mean, you've done the hard, done the hard yards this season, mm -hmm. haven't you? It's been oh, tough yeah. and you're feeling it at the moment, the, the effort of actually yeah, getting out of the championship That's what I need. And, and to the premiership. So I, I would imagine that, that if, if they were keen to have you and, mm -hmm. the, and, the, and the terms were, were suitable, yeah. you would be pretty happy to stay and continue the journey. Yeah, see whatever, whatever, whatever they offer me. If they do offer me something, I'm I'm going to be seriously considered considering it, mm -hmm. um, because I'm I'm happy, um, and that's the bottom line. Whatever way they want to see me for my future, whether it's playing or coaching or slash playing coaching, whatever it is, um, I'll definitely be looking at it as my number one agenda. But in the same turn, I'm going to have to look at other options as well. If 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 uh, nothing comes about, um, but a lot of reflection will, will take place. Um, there's still emotion there just because of as I said the mentally shattered as well as physically just because of the intensity of that league um, it's, it's not been a while since I've actually had to be and feel like a Celtic and a Rangers player where you have to win every game um, and uh -huh. that's difficult to do it really is difficult when teams approach you in the championships completely different as they would do they approach the next game um, they play a different style a different way have different methods of beating you whatever it is um, so we became the Celtic Rangers of that league and credit to the group and I said that um, in Sunday there in our awards do that it's the most unified group that I've been involved in in my 21 years playing career um, fantastic might not be the most talented for sure from the dressing rooms that I've been in but the togetherness there was crucial and I think that probably gave us the extra two or three points that we actually needed to, to cross the line Sounds like there's a McInnes Burke uh, loving going on there, especially when he gets the Manager's Achievement Award uh, at the Club Awards uh, the other night. But he keeps up, he may actually get it next year as well, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know exactly, he's doing well. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the Derek McInnes move was the key moment, wasn't it, it seemed, for, for Kilmarnock. They went and got a very experienced manager uh, who's operated at a much higher level, and he's got the job done. I think we said at the time in the show that uh, it wouldn't just be the Kilmarnock fans who would have been delighted to get Derek McInnes. The other championship clubs would have thought, uh oh, you know, yeah. they've made a real move. They've made a man who, you know, continually pushed Aberdeen into Europe, uh, got Aberdeen to cup finals, albeit 
Derek's probably biggest disappointment is he didn't lift as much silver as uh, silver were as what he would have liked. But he knows his way around the game. He knows players. He knows how to win games. And the job is simply go in and get us promoted. And then we'll reevaluate in the summer. And then you get your budget and you can do whatever you have to do next year. But when he went to Kilmarnock, I think the majority of people inside Scottish football thought that's the deal done. You know, he will get them over the line. He knows how to win. He's, I think he's won the championship previously with St Johnston. Mm. So he knows what he's doing. Dick Campbell would maybe argue that, no, no, you know, he still felt his side were in a good position. And they were. But I just think that experience and, and the attracting of players, Alexi Kyle Laffrey bringing him back, were crucial at crucial moments. Uh, you know, he had the back end of the board. So, you know, quite clearly Billy Bowie knew what he was doing this time around and Derek's got the job done. Do you know, yeah. what, I, do you know what I love about it? Sorry, Rob, to interrupt. He, he took the risk of coming to Kilmarnock mm -hmm. in the Championship. Yeah. I bet you a lot of managers thought I'm not really touching that one. Maybe that's just because he had self-doubt, whatever it is, and they thought if that doesn't work out for me, where do I go from there? Mm -hmm. But he believed in himself and his coaching staff that they could actually get the job done and make that make that team better and get them promoted. And as much as it was a risk, you have to you have to take huge huge credit for that. There's two I, things though, isn't there? Because they're at a low ebb. You know, you're thinking, come mm -hmm. on, it really shouldn't be falling much lower than that. So if you can go in and turn it around, and, the only and, way and is up. And, and, <laughs> you know, literally the only yeah. way is up because they were still favourites for the league. And yes, there was you said there was huge pressure on the club and on the players to win every single game, but they dropped a little bit and people had lost a little bit of heart. So you think to yourself, well, they're low. If I go in with a bit of personality, you know, I, we can pick them up with a little bit of vigour, a little bit of enthusiasm, and suddenly things can turn quite quickly and you can get yourself on a winning run. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, There's probably a stroke of luck attached to it as well because uh, Derek McInnes might well have been snapped up before Kilmarnock came along. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think I would imagine he would have been disappointed that he wasn't snapped up before mm -hmm. then by by a club at a higher level and and but uh, the timing suited yeah, both, timing. both sides, didn't it? Of course, but at the same time, he could have easily waited. And I bet you another Premiership mm -hmm. team would have came calling for yeah. him. He could have waited what an extra month or a month and a half, and yeah. he would have been a free for somebody just to, to go and take him. Mm -hmm. And you like like me to say that if Derek McInnes was available, other other board members may have thought about sacking their manager because they knew Derek McInnes was available on a free. So, no, credit gives him. I mean, you're, you're right, Craigs. You know, you can only think of the only way up, but that's optimism. Some managers yeah. don't think like that. And we were probably five points behind and we'd lost our way a little bit and maybe it only looked like playing in the playoffs. Um, but he's done his research. He probably watched other teams and thought to himself, I can make that team mm -hmm. better. And that's exactly what he did. What he did do is probably make a home form a lot better because every time he played at home, he struggled just as like I spoke about where we found it hard to break teams down. And I think now when Derek McKinnon's come in, we won nine out of the ten at home. And that was a huge influence in us getting promoted, especially the victory against Arbroath. Done really well, Derek McInnes. Uh Hibs, of course, uh, could be interested in him. You'd yeah. be surprised if they weren't. But then again, what's been happening at Hibs, he might look a <laughs> Look upon staying at Kilmarnock as a better idea, and he'll he'll know he knows what he's got. He knows what he can improve over the summer. He'll what he'll, he'll want to improve the squad so that Killy can be shooting potentially at the top six. Yeah, but I think actually the board came out and said they'd give him the biggest budget they've ever been they are given. So that's that's music to to his ears, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because I'm sure Hibs will be looking at Derek McInnes, but then will Derek McInnes actually think that's an attraction to him? If you just look at the previous manager, only got what three, four months. Mm -hmm. um, so if that's going to happen to Sean Maloney, that might happen to the next manager. We've only got three, four months to turn that around. But I don't want to hang on too long. But the Kilmarnock thing was the same. They're rather low ebb. They needed someone to pick them up. Yeah. So yeah. yet again, you think, mm -hmm. well, I can go in and change that. I'm not saying Derek's the man that's going to happen. You know, and he's got to get the job. But a manager thinking with that kind of mindset, you think, okay, then I can go mm -hmm. in and turn that around. Imagine top six cup final European football next season. Yeah.
If you just look at though the way we finished, we had eleven thousand fans. Yeah. And I think he, he, what he did, he brought back a connection mm -hmm. with the fans and the players in the club. Definitely. And did. I think he could actually rise the attendance as well. So as much as they say Hibs is a big club, we could actually maybe be in level par with attendance levels at Kamala because Kamala is a huge club and you can't see why not, especially now that I think five of the 12 teams in next season will go into Europe. Exactly. And I'm sure he'll be thinking about that in, in the same term as he could have if it, if it if likes a Hibs as well because at the moment Hibs look as if and Aberdeen look as if they've lost away a little bit and they'll need to try and resurrect the club again. Derek could become Scottish football's new low-ebb specialist. He has certainly lifted Kilmarnock all the way back to the Premiership. That's an hour of uh, football chat gone. 60 minutes still to come. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new iGo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained tech and specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. There was great news that we broke on the show last night that uh, the, the three Scottish clubs will be in Europe till at least Christmas uh, next season. Three will be in the group stages of European competition. That is uh, pretty incredible, really, because uh, the champions, uh, who we assume will be Celtic, unless something crazy happens in the next couple of weeks, uh, they would be straight into the group stages of the Champions League. Uh, Rangers, if they're second, would want to be qualifying for the Champions League. They would be in the third qualifying round. But if they drop down, uh, they drop down to the Europa League group stages. So there is that safety net. And of course, Hearts have known for quite a while now that they were guaranteed uh, group stage football. They're in the Europa League playoff round. So just two games away from qualification for the Europa League. But if they don't make that, uh, they will be in the Conference League group stages. Fourth goes in at the third qualifying round level in the Conference. Uh, so four games away from making the groups, whoever that may be in fourth spot. Uh, fifth is in the second qualifying round. So things have improved radically, yeah. haven't they, over the last couple of years? You've explained that really well as well, Rob. Oh, thank you. you did. Did, that, did that make sense? <laughs> it did. Uh, I wasn't sure I understood it I myself. Think, <laughs> um, no, listen, it's great for the Scottish game, isn't it? Uh, I think the coefficient obviously has helped in that. So, And do you know what? It showed that, that Scottish teams can compete. Uh, obviously, albeit, you know, um, Rangers have done really well in the past you know, three or four years and got to a semi-final and I think the longer time goes on the harder it is for Scottish teams to compete um, just because of the money you know I think it was the likes of RB Leipzig I think on the, the players and their substitutes it was something like 170 million they'd spent um, in the Union Berlin game and obviously what's Rangers spend about 12 or something so it's getting harder and harder, so credit to them. So I'm looking forward to seeing these teams and hopefully Hearts obviously will do well because I've been impressed by Hearts this season. And that's why I was going to ask Craigs, where do you think Hearts should actually need to improve on if they actually want to do far and go far in yeah, Europe? Yeah, well, the big thing is they've lost John Suter because he's going to disappear. Liam Boyce is now, what, 31-32, has missed games here and there, so they probably need a centre-forward. Ellis Sims goes back to Everton. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, ben Woodburn goes back to Liverpool. So suddenly That's you've taken business. four players right out of your squad. Um, Attacking even with, players yeah, also. Well, even with those four players, he probably needed to add another three or four on top of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, let's hope Robbie Nielsen gets the finances. You know, of course, you know, the heart... The, Hearts won't spend the three million pounds potentially what they could bring in, but I hope Robbie's budget is significant where it allows him to bring extra players in. Because if you just focus on your, you know, if you just focus on domestic, you'll struggle in Europe. If you just focus on Europe and think, well, that's a skeleton squad, you'll struggle domestically. So it'll be a big challenge to get the balance right of being able to be competitive in both competitions because you've got six games pre Christmas. Right. Sorry, eight games pre Christmas because you have two qualifiers. So um, it's certainly an exciting time to be a Hearts fan. So Hearts, uh, I've got. Uh, at worst, uh, Conference League group stages. Rangers, at worst, have got Europa League group stages. <laughs> Celtic are in the Champions League. So, if so they win the league, if if yeah, <laughs> when, I think I think probably when they win when they win the league, yeah. we can we can I safe, know, know, we can safely say. But it's I mean you know you're talking about Hearts there, Chris, and and they know they've got money coming to them. They can invest and mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, it's been great to hear Robbie Nielsen talking about building the club, building yeah. it up, making, make, trying to get a club over the next couple of years that can actually maybe compete against Celtic and Rangers. We'll see if that comes to fruition. For Celtic themselves, they've got Champions League money. They know exactly what's coming their way. It's a bonanza financially that they have, even for a club on on Celtic's scale. Uh, and you you would imagine. Um, they're going to man up again in the summer. Yeah. And I, I said earlier on, I mean, if, if Ange Postacoglu uh, has similar success that he's had in the last two windows, then the Celtic fans can uh, look forward to an already hugely impressive team, not just team, but squad, uh, getting even better and stronger. Yeah, you're right. And uh, he has, his recruitment's been sensational. You, you'd like to think, you'd probably think that if it wasn't for Ange, you wouldn't see the likes of Kyogo and Maeda no. and maybe even, you know, Jota or or Starfield, players like that, who and Cart, Cart, Cart Vickers as well. So And Joe Hart, who's been mm. sensational this season, hasn't he? You know, I think Ange Postacoglu speaks you know, volumes for him. And, but I'm just unsure. I don't know if, if, if Ange Postacoglu is willing to spend a, a lot of money. I think it goes by the system that he plays and the players that he likes. Mm-hmm. If I'm honest, I don't think he'll be that worried about saying, I need this £15 million striker no. I think he'll be more interested in how that player plays because I think the system is better than no disrespect I think the system plays better than the players at this moment in time and it's great if he can add to that because he's improved every single player um, especially in the wide areas the productivity is sensational you like a Jota and a Bada um, and even maybe Kyoga Maeda plays off the, the side of the pitch as well it's incredible and you like to think that James Forrest can't even get in the team now mm. and how how his productivity was amazing through the seasons with 10 plus goals and assists and he can't even, you know, get a, a start. So I'm just a bit unsure that, that as much as he's got all that money, I don't know, I think he'll use it really, really wisely. I don't think he'll be that bothered about I need this amount to actually make the team better. I think he believes in his own system and philosophy. And if he's happy and content with the players that he's got, maybe he only needs to add one or two more, or maybe he just wants to keep the ones that need the contracts now, like Sajot and I think Vickers as well, that they would like to buy. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be more interested in that, if I'm honest, just to keep that core group of players. And he'll want to clear out some of the, yeah. I hesitate to say deadwood, but but yeah. not but players who are just adding numbers to, to the squad and not really adding any quality. And, and you, Craigs, you, you can think, I'm sure off the top of your head, of quite a few. Well, I've known it a few down because they really do. I mean, even in centre midfield, they've got nine central midfield players. Nine who are mm. capable of starting in games. Okay, 
uh, Sorrow and, and uh, James McCarthy haven't played an awful lot. Uh, Edaguchi hasn't played an awful lot. He's just in, so you imagine he would stay on. But, you know, nine in the three doesn't go clearly. And suddenly then you've got a, a surplus of players who are a little bit discontent. Uh, you've too many players in the attacking area as well. You imagine the likes of Albion Ayeti, Mickey Johnson, where does he go if Jota signs full-time? Um, Maida, you know, has come in and done really well. Kyogo's now fit and available. So I think Chris is right. It's all about adding specific players in specific positions. Last year, he had to just probably scattergun and try and get as many as he could to fit within his system. It was and some then, scattergun. Yeah, well, well, it was. <laughs> you know, which would tell you more about him as a manager, yeah. about what he knows about football and his contacts. I always say that when you bring a manager in, you don't just bring in him as an individual. You bring all his contacts and agents that he's worked with throughout the years. And having been in different parts of the world, Celtic have absolutely benefited from his experience because when you're a manager of Australia, you're not just dealing with a couple of clubs, you might be dealing with 20, 30 clubs. So you end up building up relationships and you speak to you know, uh, agents of players, you speak to uh, director of football at certain clubs, suddenly you start to build that rapport. Then you go to uh, Japan and, and the same again. So you know a completely different market or, or a variety of markets and Celtic have benefited from having that at this moment in time. So you know, even the likes of Liam Scales, Barkas, Bowling Goalie, Julian, Stephen Welsh, you know, where do they all go to? Stephen Welch is a young man, maybe he needs to go and play 30, 40 games at mm. a top flight team, possibly, and then come back in and be a you know a serious contender for a Celtic team. So there's lots of manoeuvring to be going on, but he's in a really strong position. You know, and that's the time to go and strengthen is when you're doing well and things are good. And he'll know what he wants. Chris mentioned James Forrest there. I mean, I've always thought about James Forrest, and I guess everybody has, that he would finish his career with Celtic. I just wonder the way things are at the moment, if he wants to play regularly if he wants to start yeah. uh, might he have to be looking elsewhere well if if his intentions are to start games and be a first choice at Celtic then he's probably going to have to what, he's what 30 he's James Forrest yeah. would be 30 I mean I haven't even thought I would imagine 30 off the top of my head mm -hmm. or roughly in and around that so you've now got a Leila Bada who's coming in who's now 20 years of age had a really productive good first season he's only going to get better if the Jota deal goes through at six and a half million pounds then he's going to be you know playing he'll be ahead of him uh, Maida will be ahead of him. Uh, Kyogo can play in a wide area. So James Forrest is maybe becoming more of an impact player or a, someone coming off the bench to try and make something happen. Yes, he'll get a few starts here and there, but you know, Ange Postacoglu has to be careful he doesn't get rid of too many core players who've been there for a while, who know their way around the club, who know they can always add a little bit of quality. I don't imagine James Forrest is any trouble at all. No. And of course, not inside he'll want to play. But sometimes as a player, you're fully aware that the player's playing ahead of you are actually doing quite well. Yeah. You know, so so it's hard to go in and kind of fight your corner. You just have to show it when you go into the pitch. Yeah. Stephen Cragen, uh, Rob McLean and Chris Bark on the Go Radio Football Show on a Tuesday. Got Willie in Easterhouse as well. Hi, Willie. Hi, you doing there, Rob? Good, nice thank you. Nice to speak again. And Paul. you? <laughs> Hi, Willie. Hey, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I listen to the I talk about all these Japanese players, Kyogo, Furuhashi and all that, that's what we mm. call them. Then they finished the game on Sundays. How good are they? Well, I, I think... You're talking, you're talking European. They've been knocked out of three European tournaments. How good are they? Yeah, uh, but... They play, they play Rangers. Near the rest of the teams even turn up to play the Celtic. Yeah, but they've, they've turned the squad around since last summer. They've won the League Cup. They're about to win the title. Uh, does that not entitle them to think of themselves as a good team? It's been the worst, the worst champions. It must be the worst champions ever. They've knocked out of three European tournaments. Many chances are they going to get in Europe? Well, it's all the same players. Kyogo, Maeda, Mince. I'm not sure I agree with Mince. Um, <laughs> and, and, they're, and they're going to be there to be judged, aren't they, at a much higher level next season. They're going to be in the Champions League group stages. Celtic will will want to improve the squad a bit between now 
and then. But but that there's going to be an interesting well, test of, of how good they are. Well, what's more important to Willie then is it European success or your own domestic trophy? That's what I would like to ask Willie. Uh, this is three European tournaments. They're going to embarrass themselves in the Champions League next year when they play some decent teams. Well, I, do, I, I don't think they you can play, actually... Willie, I don't think you can actually guarantee that that's going to happen. I think you must... played Bodo Glump too early. Well, they beat they beat Roma six one, I think, earlier earlier on in European competition. So, and I mean, if you if you watch that game, Willie, if you watch that game, they were a they were a they were a mighty impressive team. That's history. So, if you don't think if you don't think Celtic. Um, are, are much of a, a team what about the team that's currently six points behind them at the moment your team well that, that was other teams turning up against the Rangers they don't turn up against the Celtic because of the champions guys guys want to try a wee bit harder I mean, it's always harder when you're champions yeah but Rangers aren't going to be champions for much longer uh, that, 24, <laughs> that, that, that 25 point winning margin Willie uh, last season has evaporated hasn't it That that's been some uh, turnaround this season. Ah well. Do you not have to well, take your hat off at this stage to Celtic and just say the better nah, team are nah. on their way to landing the title? Never. Never. <laughs> no. <laughs> those words. Those words don't exist in your vocabulary. I don't think. I'm so glad I, you laughed no, after that. Listen, well, I'm if, glad you laughed you, after that. Right. You, you know. You, you reckon. I'll, I'll, you reckon Celtic. You reckon Celtic are mince, but what? But what about what about your team then? What what about? Rangers, let's let's look on the positive side of it from your point of view. What about Thursday night? Can Rangers get oh. to a European final? Yes. How? How are they going to do it then, Willie? <laughs> that was positive. That was positive. <laughs> yeah. I, no, yeah, I'm I, just I, asking. I was, I, was, I was wondering whether you were going to back up maybe with some reasoning. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather Morelos play, mind you. If Morelos yeah. playing, we're definite. But suit Morelos is a well positive. <laughs> Would you be confident if Roof starts or would you like to see him come off the bench or do you think Rangers will actually do it without Roof? No, I think Roof will start. You think Roof will start? I think Roof needs to start. Are you expecting uh, big big changes in the summer, Willie, in the in the Rangers squad? Okay, yeah. Do you think yes. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will, will, will want the, yes. the squad more along uh, his yeah. lines? Uh, so I need to get a day like the Stephen Davis, Scott Arfield. I said, Scott Arfield, he's OK coming on. I wouldn't start with Gabe's Scott Arfield. I would, I would bring him on the last 20 minutes. He, he gets better when the other, players, the other guys get tired. But I wouldn't start Scott Arfield. We, we spoke... Personally. We spoke I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a manager. <laughs> well, not yet. Um, we, we spoke, Craig's about uh, Celtic changes, which we expect to be pretty widespread. There'll be a lot of players going out, at least. Um, who knows how many coming in, because he's he's signed quite a few already in the last two windows. What about Rangers? Do you see a big well, turnaround at Rangers? Well, they have, you know, three. Yes, there has, there has to be. There has to be. I say, like, so Barisic, that might be the last season. I say, the Goldson, he's in the, he's in the, he's the borderline, isn't he? And then I say, there's Stephen Davis, or Scott Arfield, so they're need to replace. That's four needs to get replaced, I would think, anyway. Yeah, I just think you know there's three types of players though, Willie. You know, there's players like Ryan Kent and Joe Arebo, Ryan Jack, uh, and, and Alfredo Morelos have all got a year left in their contract. So, you know, the longer they go on without signing, the value for them depreciates. So that's gotta be in the in the thinking yeah. of the club. You know, Steve Davis, Alan McGregor, Aaron Ramsey, Scott Arfield, Connor Golson, all out of contract. You know, so there's some that could walk away. So it's a real juggling act, you know, but they'll need a transfer, Kitty, and that means maybe getting to the Europa League final. 
It means maybe qualifying for the Champions League. You know, so there's lots of questions. Yeah, Alex Lowry. Yeah, there's Lowry. Lowry is good. I just wish he's not signed the contract yet. No, and and there's been speculation, Chris, about Alex Lowry maybe mm. moving south, maybe one of the English clubs right. signing him up before he before he's made double figures appearances <laughs> with Rangers, and he has looked really promising yeah, he when has. he when he's played. But that's what happens uh, now in when England. When Rangers play in England, it's a big it's a big draw into playing yeah. England. It's a big draw. Yeah. 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 He's just a young man. He's just a young man. Yeah. Just look at Nathan Patterson. You know, mm. I think he played a, a, a eleven had eleven appearances this season. Everton snapped him up. You look at in Aberdeen. I think you've got Ramsey. You know, he's he's played this season. Don't know how many games, but it's his probably first season. Yeah. Um they're looking to snap snap him up also, and that's what happens, unfortunately, with the, the talent in, in Scotland. They just look to get snapped up. If you look at is it Ben Doak that yeah. left Celtic, went right. to Liverpool, mm-hmm. many appearances did he make for Celtic? I don't think he made any. Well he came off the bench a couple of came off did the bench a couple, couple of times. Two, two but, but that's what's happening now, isn't it? Players are getting signed yeah. before they've even become it's a attraction. known. It's a bigger attraction. Hate to see it, yeah. money. Yeah. Um, probably can make four times as much, and that's what that's just what happens. The, yeah. the lure of England. But I mean, Steve, um, you know, Giovanni van Bronckhorst has been working effectively with Stephen Gerrard's players, hasn't he? Yeah, this, I this think there's one thing. With, with the, the couple, change. the couple brought in on loan. Uh, Ahmad Diallo has, uh, hasn't really featured at all. Aaron Ramsey's had injury issues. I mean, Giovanni van Bronckhorst, you would imagine, can't wait for the transfer window to. He, he'll have he'll have his eye on on players. He can't wait, but I'll tell you what, it's a big one, isn't it, Craig's? It's a huge one. He's just named so many names there that I've got one year left. You know, out of contract, maybe not agreed to sign yet, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be a huge, huge summer. Maybe it's rebuilding. You know, I'm not going to say it, but obviously they're a bit more um, youth into the team as well, because um, obviously Willie mentioned a few that he said Davis, Arfield, you know, Barisic, Goldson, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're a fair old age of twenty plus, uh, um, nearly their thirties. Sorry, so. It'll be a huge, more, a, it's a bigger summer for Rangers than it will be for Celtic. That's for sure, in my, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens when uh, the summer comes along. But you're right, Giovanni Van Brock's so what he put his own stamp in it. Maybe he needs that fresh start. Um, it's just maybe he wants to implement his little style a little bit more. Um, I think he'll, you know, the, the Dutch way, they like the wingers, don't they? So I think he'll look to add um, productivity more, as I spoke about with Celtic, in the, in the wide areas where you get goals and assists, you know, like a Jota, like an Abada. Um, as much as you know, Kent is is a quality quality player. That's probably something that he, no disrespect, probably lacks in and being efficient and putting the ball in the back of the net. Will Rangers will he end the season with the Scottish Cup and the Europa League tucked away in the trophy room? Do you think? <laughs> I go for a wee double. Well, quite right. <laughs> are, are you are you are you just saying that, or do you actually believe that? I want to believe that. I want to believe that. I oh I, I I'm a believer. <laughs> yeah, I'm a believer. Don't sing, for goodness sake. Uh, thanks for your call, Willie. Good to hear from you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! That was Chris with the travel and we've got half an hour or so to go Tuesday's Go Radio Football Show. Chris Burke, Stephen Cregan and Rob McLean and we had Willie from Easterhouse before the break <laughs> trying to tell us that Celtic were a mince. Um, don't think so, Willie. Um, I think you were probably at it. Um, it is Partick Thistle against Inverness tonight. 
in the Premiership playoffs quarterfinals. It's not the same system uh, down the leagues in terms of who plays who and how it all goes in the playoffs. But this is the way it is leading to a place in the Premiership. Um, but never before has a team finishing third or fourth no. uh, in the Championship made it to the Premiership. So it's uncharted territory and effectively maybe mission impossible for, for the teams tonight. But we shall see. Uh, playing on that delightful playing surface mm -hmm. at Fur Hill tonight. Get Chris's thoughts on that in a minute. Partick Thistle team tonight, Sneddon, Holt, Tiffany, Bannigan, Graham. Uh, Brian Graham is playing Yakubiak, McKenna, Akinola, Crawford, Doherty and Hendry. That's the starting lineup for the home team. Uh, Billy Dodds, Inverness, Ridgers, Welsh, Dees, Devine, Carson, Mackay, Sutherland, Walsh, Broadfoot. Kirk Broadfoot still going strong at the age of about 43. Uh, no, he's not quite that. Chalmers. Wait, um, you then? <laughs> <laughs> and McAleer. Uh, so those are the two teams tonight. Chris, you are our championship correspondent. Although, although, well, not next season. You're going to be our premiership correspondent. But at the okay. moment, uh, you know all about those two teams. What are you reckoning? Yeah, no matter what I think, it'll be a tough game. You know, when there's a lot on the line, you know, there's not much football to be played. And I don't think there'll be much football to be played tonight anyway in that pitch. Um, unfortunate for, for Partick Thistle. You know, their, their, their pitch isn't looking great, is it, Rob? How much so, has that hampered them? Yeah. I think it has hampered them a lot. I think they've got a lot of tidy football players. You just mentioned it there, especially, you know, Tiffany and, and, and Doherty. And they've got the boy Graham up front and they'll be three key players for them. Um, it's just they'll probably have to go and approach the game in a different style. Um, and it was a bit unusual to them because they kind of played a diamond against us and it was really, really diff difficult, a 4-4-2 diamond. And it was really, really difficult to get adjusted to the, the, the game. We, we we lost a late late goal and equaliser, but I must say Party Fissel played better than us on the night. Um, albeit the pitch wasn't great so we'll see how it turns out um, but then they've got the, the almighty Abrof haven't they whoever comes out at the end of that yeah yeah. do you still have a place in your heart for the Jags oh Trags. Totally. Totally. that rhymes uh, absolutely everything's you know certainly on my side is wanting Thistle to get back to the top flight I know they've had a tough couple of seasons um, interesting to Brian Graham he's manager of the Partick Thistle's women team mm -hmm. they're on the way up to Aberdeen tonight to play a game so ah. I'm sure he had a little bit of a conundrum do you go on the bus with the team that I'm managing or do you actually play with the employers so yeah listen there's no doubt Brian Graham's experience will be vital in games like this and his you goals know, well the goals plus and then you think of the pitch if you can't play through the third yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. you've got to miss the yeah. middle of the pitch out and try and play off scrap so he brings that into it but it's interesting Ian McCall's been you know, a, a manager around the lower leagues for years and he's never won promotion to the top flight. I think the only time he's managed in the top flight is with Dundee United when they actually took him right. from Falkirk. So he's yeah. never actually won his way out of it. But you said that, you know, third and fourth has never progressed mm. out of the championship into the top flight. And when you look at the number of games they have to play extra, you can probably understand because I think Falkirk have got to the final before previously coming from that kind of distance where you play six games. Uh, I think they played... Kilmarnock they played Kilmarnock they played Kilmarnock it was Lee Clark was the manager. So in the second leg they were knackered because they'd played Tuesday, third, or Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday and it just caught up with them. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always favoured towards the top flight club. I, I would imagine St. Johnson will be looking at the other three, three teams and thinking, we've got enough to beat all three. But suddenly when the pressure builds and it's over two legs and it, it can kind of catch up with the bigger club or the yeah, favourites effectively. So definitely Partick Thistle, who is, you know, who I want to push on. But Inverness arrived in good form. I think one defeat in eight or one defeat in mm. nine. And you always think about playoff games, you arrive with momentum. When you, know, you arrive with the mentality of winning games Inverness have done that. Thistle have had a little bit of a wobbly spell over the past couple of months, but fingers crossed for the Jags. Yeah, because Inverness went through a really bad. It was either ten or eleven yeah, without yeah, a win, I think. Fair. But they they've really turned it round. They're, they're looking pretty impressive, and and now's the time where you want to be yeah. firing on all cylinders, isn't it? Jags is right. You know, momentum is key. But I just for 
no disrespect to the two teams that are playing tonight, I just can't see past Arbroath making it to play the Premiership team. Yeah. Um, I just think you know how they play week in, week out. You know, they don't fluctuate in their performances. I think they've got something, they had something like 18 clean sheets in the league. Mm. You know, and I think to, to, to go the next level, to, to, to win a final, you need to keep clean sheets. And they're really, really good at that. And they end up playing their style of play. And, and as I said, you know, they'll just all broth you. <laughs> um, before I've said that in the, in, the, in the press, and they're good at it. What does our brothing you mean? Just play their way. They right. play their way. You but they've won it Kilmarnock, haven't they? They've won it Kilmarnock. Yep. They've won it Inverness. They've won it Thistle. Mm-hmm. You know, so they've won it mm-hmm. all the grounds where everyone else was expected to beat them. So suddenly in their mindset, they think, well, we have no fear because we've been here before and we've won. And it's amazing how having that thought process takes away any kind of fear. And they're underdogs any kind of always anxiety. Anxiety. Absolutely. It takes away it all the anxiety. It helps so much as well. And I was there last year. You know, the underdogs beat Kilmarnock in the, the playoff final and we had we had um, all the weight to watch who we were playing and um, we couldn't cope with the pressure and I think they just worked a little bit harder than us and they wanted that a little bit more and there was no much football played and that's why I always think that I just somehow just can't see past our broth. When you beat them at Rugby Park um, to land the title and promotion uh, as you said earlier on you had a massive crowd you had a mm-hmm. fantastic turnout that night were you conscious of the fact going into the game that public opinion was kind of against you? Because <laughs> because most people in the country probably wanted the, the romance to come through? Well, they wanted that fairy tale story, didn't mm. they? So then it kind of worked to our favour a little bit because it was a little bit of motivation. You know, you spoke about motivation before with, with Jimmy Bell and Rangers. A little bit of motivation for us in that changing room where everybody was talking about our broth. And then can they handle that about that pressure? Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked in our favour. The manager mentioned it before the game because um, everybody wanted their broth to win, no matter you know, Kilmarnock could could um, get into the Premier League. It's our home tie, you know, we're in good form, but everybody still wants to see Kilmarnock lose. Um, so you're right. Um, but the fairy tale's still on for our broth, as much as they didn't do it automatically. Yeah. Um, they can still do it through. Would the you like them to come up with you? I think it would be a fairy tale story, wouldn't it? Do you know why? You know, I'm not saying that, no disrespect to St. Johnson or whatever, but just because I've played against a broth and I, know, and I respect every single player, I respect their manager, I respect, you know, how they conduct themselves and, and the way they've went about their business, you know. Um, they're a good team, mm-hmm. Rob. They are, the Crags, they are a good yeah. team. I love the they're story. The story's doing. compelling, yeah. isn't it? And they've got, they, what, they had McKenna, who's top goal scorer. Yeah. Um, O'Brien, who, O'Brien, who got yeah. team of the season. And mm-hmm. there could have been many, many more. And I was thinking if Babrov did win the league, I would have just put Team of the Year as Babrov. Yeah. If I'm honest, I would have put every single player, if you look at Gatson, the goalkeeper, yeah. who yeah. saved them so many times, mm-hmm. um, albeit, you know, Zach Kemen get in, who was fantastic for us. But definitely, if they had won that title, you could not argue that every single player should have got in Team of the Year. And like you said earlier, you know, we all give PFA awards out. But what happens if Dick Campbell goes up and goes into the Premier League? Yeah. Is he Does not he manager in? of the year at that point? Yeah, listen, it, it, it's a hard one to judge because, you know, naturally Ange Postacoglu had all the money or had plenty of money to turn it around mm. in the summer. But the job that he's done at Celtic with those finances and the pressure and the, the gap that he had to close, you mentioned yeah. 25 points, it's now 31 point swing because they're six points clear. From where they were to where they are now, it's it's taken some job. Yeah, that's some a remarkable people, story incredible. as well. Incredible. Some people were saying that was going to be two, three seasons, yeah. possibly. And within six months, suddenly they're within touching distance and now they've overtaken them. 
So you would think out with Ange Postacoglu, Dick Campbell would have been the next name. He would have been the next one. And Malky McKay would have probably been sitting just in behind him because, you know, the job he's done at Ross County when they stayed up on the last day of the season. And now they're on the verge of European football. So the, that, that's what I love about Scottish football. There's always a story. There's mm. always someone comes from nowhere mm -hmm. and everyone, I wouldn't say falls in love with them, but everybody enjoys their journey. And I think out with, um, you know, most clubs, everyone's looking at our growth and thinking, this is great. And everyone would probably hope that they can get themselves into the top flight. And do you think St Johnston will beat whoever it is that's up against them in the I, in the playoff I final? Do. I do. I just think because they're they're well organised, they're well drilled. You know, the one thing you'll never question about St Johnston is their work ethic and their appetite and their desire for the game. And that's exactly what Chris is talking about. When you get into those, having played in those two uh, playoff games, that's what you need. Sometimes it doesn't come down to quality. It doesn't come down to who's got the better players. It's who can get the most out of themselves. I just think the St. Johnson players have probably been under that pressure for the last five or six months and they've had to you know, suffer adversity and come back and bounce back and the resilience has probably increased a little bit more. Yes, they're still losing games and they're not open. They don't score many goals. They don't concede many goals. They certainly, well, barring the 7-0 defeated Celtic, but out with that, you know, they're always quite rigid and I just think that might be enough yeah. to get them over the line over two games. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game no matter what. No, if it's be. a bro no. versus um, St John's. No, that could be brutal, couldn't it? What might have helped them then is actually winning the two trophies this season before. Because they had to win a trophy and that's pressure, yeah, isn't they it? They like a cup There's final, don't they? There is more pressure. Yeah. I mean, you cup final, you know, the big day, a lot of expectations, no matter who you're playing, mm -hmm. playing at Hamden. So that as much as you're saying that St Johnson are struggling at this moment in time, that might have been beneficial from last season from if they do, whoever they play, um, help them in, the, in that tie. Chris, I want to get your thoughts on another big story on the show tonight. Uh, we yeah. touched on it early doors. Uh, we can come back to it now. And it is Jota uh, and Celtic and the fact that uh, there seems to be a feeling at the moment that that loan, uh, loan arrangement is about to become a permanent deal. Uh, £6.3 million is the figure um, that Celtic uh, would have to pay. It, uh, and they have the option to, to activate the the buyout clause in the loan with Benfica. You play that position. Yep. How good is Jota? How big would that <laughs> signing be if they can get him for another year at least? I think six point five million is a snip, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. Especially the way he plays. And Craig said that they'll he'll go on to bigger and better mm -hmm. things for sure. I think the way he plays, he can easily play in the Premier League in England, um, for a top team. And I know people might laugh at that now, but you look. The likes of obviously Tierney and stuff. He's powerful. Mm -hmm. He's fast. He's quick, you know. But Jota in the top end, he's got everything in locker. He's both footed. You know, he can dig out across. He comes in at the back post. He can score the ugly goal, and that's what I always look for in a winger. He can get in at the back stick and and score yep. the tap in a goal just like a striker. You seen it at the Ross County, and you yep. and you just and, seen and it again there. on Sunday. Again yeah. on Sunday, mm -hmm. you know that's what you're looking for in a winger, and that's why he's got. I think, is it nine goals already? In, in the I, think he's still, I, think, I think he's 12 in he's total, hasn't he? He's double figures, yeah. Is he 12? Well, That's well, incredible. For the season when you include uh, yeah, a bit cup like, competitions. Yeah, cup competitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but what I like about him is he's direct. So he, he's not afraid to just shift it and cross it. No. Um, and the defender doesn't know if he's going to cross it with his right foot or his left foot. And he's got end product. He's got end product, which everybody obviously speaks about his wide players. Is mm -hmm. Yeah, he's good at this and good at that, but... Does he actually find the player or how many assists has he got? Is he good at shooting at goal? He's got everything. And I think it's 6.5 million. And if you actually think about it, Kent was 6.5 million around about yeah. as well. And if you look at that productivity between, between two, then 
Jota is an absolute. He's won steal. that little battle, hasn't he? In terms of the the numbers, yeah. you 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 would say. Yeah, yeah. Well, numbers definitely. I think last season Kemp was really good in numbers. Uh-huh. Um, obviously playing a little bit more centrally, Gerard yeah. in the wide and the fullback would go long. But now I think when Gio's come in, he's played them a little bit yeah. wider, and I can relate to that. So I can understand that he's probably scored less goals. Um, if I'm honest, because he's playing a little bit wider, it's harder for me to get in the in the box. But he would have to sprint. And especially, I was thinking about this today, you know, obviously Kent had the chance from the Tavernier cross, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like Mieda crossed it to yep. Jota. Yep. But there's a couple of more passes with Celtic, and Mieda's in the box, which gives time for Jota to then arrive and be closer to Barisic to get in in front. For Kent, Tavernier always crosses from deep, so it's hard if, if Kent's already wide, and Tavernier's crossing it from deep. Mm-hmm. It's not much time for, for Kent to get in the box and arrive just in front of the fullback. So he actually done quite well to get in front. It was just obviously the end product to put it in the back of the net. Yeah, maybe it's a bit simplistic mm. to be making direct comparisons yeah, between those, those two situations. Well, what uh, you said about Jota, he's not even played 100 senior games yet. <laughs> you know, people say, oh, he's 23, he's not a kid. He's not, but he's quite, I'm saying, immature is not the word, but in football terms, it's quite immature. They've just yeah. played under 100 games. You know, Benfica... Uh, he went alone in Spain. Was it Vidalidi went to in Spain, mm. possibly, uh, and Celtic. So you think there's lots of potential. From what he's shown already, you think Celtic are sending themselves, you know, we want to see a bit more. And for six and a half million pounds, the Champions League money absolutely helps that. You think, well, that's okay. We can bring that in. We'll maybe move one or two on, maybe sell a couple out. And then within the next two or three years, suddenly he plays more games. His consistency becomes better. He influences even bigger games in the Champions League. And then suddenly eyes start popping up from everywhere particularly in England, south of yeah. the board, I think you know, we wouldn't mind him. And Celtic then turned that six and a half million player into maybe 18, 19 further in the line without putting pressure on him. But he's certainly got the capabilities. And we were talking about the the the, the need that Celtic don't have to go out and buy lots of players. They don't need lots of players. They just need to fine-tune yeah. and improve what they've got. And Jota, obviously, to have Jota on a permanent arrangement yeah. would be a major step forward. And maybe that is the focus this summer for Celtic. It's Jota who sounds as if it, that deal was maybe about to be done and they'll want to get Cameron Carter-Vickers as well because he's been arguably Scotland's top central defender this season. Maybe not arguably. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're right in saying that. Um and as much as the, the, these players come in at the beginning, they were getting a little bit of stick, especially Starfield as well. Um, they were talking about Carter Vickers not having the height to play mm-hmm. centre-half. I'm sure he got slaughtered down the road, didn't he, um, in England to say he wasn't tall enough. Mm-hmm. But look at him now, he's, he's another present. He's been terrific in his, his, his first full season with Celtic. Um, but you're right, and I heard that Sir Jose Mourinho say it once, you know, as much as I'm looking to bring in players, the first and foremost thing is, is can I retain the good players that I've already yeah. got? And that's the, probably the main thing that Ange Postecoglou will be thinking about just now is keeping the players that are already there that have already brought success. Yeah. And the longer they play together, if you think about it, they've only played together one season. Mm. They'll only get better next season. And I think he will honestly only add, you know, two or three mm-hmm. and just probably more so look to get the, the other players out which will fulfil more money yeah. for them. He probably needs cover. He needs a bit of cover central defensively as well, and and especially if he doesn't get Cameron Carter-Vickers. Well, but, but that mm. will be high on the list, Craig's won't it, of priorities for Celtic? You would think so, but you know the thing with Cameron Carter-Vickers, because he would be known in English football circles, mm. he's been there for quite a while at Spurs. He's played some championship loans. To come up and play as well as he's done, you know, there's links with Crystal Palace and Wolves. And, and if it boils down to where does he want to get the biggest wage, he would probably go somewhere else. Yeah. You'd imagine the English Premier League clubs can offer a lot more. If he wants on a purely on a football basis mm. and says, see the financial side, I'm doing okay, I'll park that until four or five years down the line. So 24 years of age, yeah. 
he's reached nowhere near his peak as a central no. defender at 28, 29. So I tell you what, see when I'm reaching my peak, I'll be in the Premier League, I'll earn my big money then, but I want to play football. I'm going to be a first choice, I'm going to play at a club that's in the Champions League, a club that's challenging for trophies, and I imagine that's how Celtic are going to try and yeah. sell it to him. That's the selling point for yeah. them. And as a player, that's what you want. Champions League helps, Greg. That, that makes a massive difference, Champions doesn't it? Champions League helps so much. I was so fortunate that, that I played will... Champions League. And, yeah. I, and it's a big, big pull. I, I, I'll be honest, I could have signed for Aston Villa, um, but then I re-signed for Rangers because they play in the Champions yeah. League. Right. And, and, yeah. and they play in the big, big games. They have more chance of winning trophies. So, and that's so, no disrespect no, no, to, it's, it's to right. Aston Villa. So what you're talking about is exactly the decision that the likes of, you know, Jota potentially has had to make. You know, the, there'll have been interest in England in him, no doubt about it. No doubt. Uh, but, you know, he thinks another year or a couple of years with Celtic, Champions League guaranteed, uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers the same, and you had that similar yeah. dilemma. Uh, everybody has different motivations in football, mm -hmm. don't they, Craig? Some yeah. people it's money, you know, some people it's trophies, some people it's where they stay, is their family happy? You know, do they want to, they're happy to live there, their families, their kids, whatever it is. Um, what is it? And I heard Peter Grant talking about it last week. You know, is it your wages or is it adulation? You're not going to get the adulation anywhere other if, better than Celtic and Rangers. Yeah. Let's face it, if you're doing well, and Jota gets that, doesn't he? Celtic, mm. he's loved already, and he's only played, you know, not even a full season yet. Talking football on Glasgow's own Go Radio. Nobody does it better. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go. We're 48 hours away from Rangers looking to clinch a place in a European final The Europa League final It's Leipzig at Ibrox uh, They carry a one goal lead uh, The team from the Bundesliga Can Rangers turn it round? Uh, will it take extra time? Uh, you wouldn't bet against extra time on Thursday, would you, at Ibrox? Uh, will it be another of those special Thursday nights? Uh, will they get to the final, give themselves a chance of landing a European trophy and automatic entry even into the Champions League group stages next season? So we're a couple of days away from that. We're a couple of days on from Celtic 1, Rangers 1 at Celtic Park uh, when Celtic went in front, uh, when Jota got the goal... Uh, Fashion Sakala equalised Celtic could have been further ahead Rangers could have won it late on uh, so Celtic are six points in front three games to go yeah three games to go yeah we're in a good spot move on to the next game and uh, put on a strong performance and uh, hopefully uh, get us uh, a little bit closer it wasn't the result Giovanni Van Bronckhorst wanted you know I think only a win today uh, would give us a uh... You know, a chance to uh, uh, to close the gap even 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 more. But you know, it's still six points. You know, with uh, the goal difference in favor of uh, of Celtic, so it will be uh, it will be more difficult after today. On to Thursday now. How will Rangers prepare? You know, we have to prepare well. You know, I think we had a good performance today. Uh, physically, we looked strong as well. Now we have three days to prepare ourselves for uh, for Leipzig at home where we can uh, reach the final in Europe. So, uh, you know, we're going to prepare like we always do and uh, make sure we have the same intentions and the same character we showed today because uh, we also need that on Thursday. We could have a spectacular end to the season, couldn't we? It's been incredible from an international point of view mm -hmm. when you think about it, where Scotland have got to under Chris's old gaffer, uh, Stevie Clark. Uh, we're a couple of games away from, from the World Cup. Uh, that comes around in June, hopefully. 
Um, we've had the incredible title turnaround, Ange Postacoglu doing the seemingly unthinkable a year ago, uh, and now just uh, a fraction away from clinching the title. And we've got Rangers potentially uh, getting to Seville on Thursday night by by turning it round against Leipzig, and maybe who knows, winning a European trophy. How would that be? Uh, just a few days away from the Scottish Cup final, which they're in, Chris, as well. I know it's amazing eh? how we could get the two sides to be to be happy if if it does happen. Mm-hmm. That's a big if, though. Um, I'm just um, amazed the, the the way the two managers go about their business. Don't give anyway anything away. No, and they don't give any big headlines for us, do they? Um, Unfortunately, but, not. But to, to be honest, I think you know that's the sort of balance and and calmness you need to be a Rangers and Celtic manager. I know obviously we'd like the big headlines and stuff like that, but it would be a great achievement if Rangers could could actually do it. Get automatic Champions League, you know, win another cup competition. Celtic win, obviously the double, and um, you just everybody goes home happy. But I just don't know if that's going to actually happen, Rob. What do you think? Well, I I, I have a feeling Rangers are going to get to the final. Um, it could be well, I guess it's Frankfurt are favourites at the moment, but it could mm-hmm. it could be West Ham. But I mean, Craig's you've you've probably seen more of this recently close up than I have. What feeling do you have? about Thursday night? Um, I said it when you asked the question earlier about Kemar Roof. I think if a centre-forward plays, it gives Rangers a different dynamic. It doesn't make them you know, become average up to you know, outstanding, but it just improves them in that area of the pitch where they know players know when they have a, a natural centre-forward play and they know they can play to their strengths. I think that helps kind of throughout the team, the consistency and the continuity throughout the team. So it'll be interesting to see whether he play. I, I just feel Rangers have to get the first goal in this game. Uh, you know, naturally, if they go behind, they've still got the ability to come back. But Leipzig have scored in every European game this season. Six in the Champions League qualifier, or six in the Champions League group, the six games uh, and the five knockout games so far they've scored. So it would make you think that they, yeah, you know, will score or, or can possibly <clears throat> score. It's, it's going to take a hell of a defensive performance to stop them from scoring, but then also to be able to impact the game going forward. So. If Rangers can get the first goal, Ibrox will erupt. I think Ibrox will be will be lively anyway. It will be in full voice. And the players, the emotion's great, but the players have to play the game and not the emotion and not the mm. and not the occasion. Yeah. That's the big thing. They have but they've to done that through. well, haven't they, in they pre- have, previous they, nights at Ibrox? They've managed it well and they've got early goals previously. Yeah. And that suddenly helps them grow in confidence and grow in belief. But this team won't be shaken off. I just think in attacking sense, they always carry a threat. If Rangers overcommit forward, they can pick them off. If Rangers sit deep, as we watched last week in, in Leipzig, they've got enough to break it down and create chances. So I think this is the toughest one at Ibrox this season for them in the knockout stages. Mm. But but they've got enough to go and win the game. You know, Leipzig aren't that big a difference to them. Yes, I think they're a better team than them. They've got some better individuals. But Rangers at Ibrox on a night when the stadium's full and the players are on their game and they're certainly in a good frame of mind at this moment in time, the Rangers players, they're more than capable of winning this game. I, th- I think, sorry, uh, Rob, I just think it's probably one of the worst teams Rangers could play at home in Europe only because they're a counter-attack team and Rangers need a goal, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. It's not Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund just came out and attacked and played their way. Mm-hmm. I think RB Leipzig are a little bit different and I think when you're pushing men forward... Like that, you're always exposed at the back, and as Craig said, they've scored in every co- every every game. Every, Eleven European games yep. they've had this year, and, and they've also, one. I think, Real Sociedad Atlanta, who they played before, they knocked out before the came in Rangers. They won two. They won by a two-goal deficit, all from being away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, so they score more goals away. 
So that's why I think it's a tougher time what people think they're relating it to the Braga one. Mm. I think, and I don't think they should relate it to that Braga one. And Craig's is 100% right. I think it gives more belief as well if you've got that focal point number nine. You need your best players when it's a semi-final or a final just to get you over that If Rangers could get to the half-time, no, no. I think that's a good position to be in right. still. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't you, have you to think, you think, so you think it's more important not conceding uh, uh, than it is scoring an early goal? Absolutely. Not conceding, but showing your kind of threat and having more of an impact in the game and as an attacking team as they did last Thursday when they were set up to try and... Yeah, uh, played a 3-5-2, didn't they? Yeah. Do you yeah, think, honestly think they're going to play a definite 4-3-3? Four, three, three? I think they have to at home. Yeah. I think they have to at home. I agree. If anything, they give the positive mindset to the players. Yeah. They think, we're going for this. But then, then... The, the the midfield screener who last week was Ryan Jack he becomes crucial because a lot of the time they don't play with the centre forward they just rotate but what they do have is they always have a penetrating runner whether it's Danny Olmo whether it's Nkunku whether it's uh, Andre Silva whether it's Limer from midfield they always have someone who wants to run beyond with to try and drag the back four or back three apart try and create gaps and then someone else looks to go and capitalise so I think Ryan Jack if it is going to be him or Stephen Davis who sits in front of the two centre halves if they go with the back four they have to be switched on and always being aware of who's dropping off as the number nine, who's dropping into little pockets of space. And Connor Goldson and Bassey, yeah. most likely to be, they can't get dragged in the areas you don't want to go into. If they drop deep, allow the midfield to deal with it. Here's a, here's a good idea with a minute and a half of the show to go. What's the Rangers team for Thursday? Let's, let's oh. quickly go through it. So McGregor and goals, Tavernier, Goldson, Balogun, Bassey, uh, Bassey, ba Bassey and Barisic. Is, can Balogun play? Uh, Is he? Uh, yeah, can, he can, could he play? Yeah, he can play, yeah. yeah. But you reckon Barisic? I just think for pace. Right. I think Bassey has in got the that, middle of the defence. In the middle, and yeah. as I say, they do have penetrating runners, and I just think his little bit of pace might just help them. Yeah, Barisic gives him a bit more going Barisic forward. Barisic is needing quality, and if you want to attack, then a quality from the wide area, you still mm -hmm. got that pace and power centrally from Bassey, who can probably do similar yeah. if he runs beyond Barisic, etc. He can give good quality as well. Okay, I just a minute to go. Who, who's in the midfield? Is Ryan Jack? I think tags? I think he'll go Jack, uh, Lundstrom, and. I would, I would like Steve Davis to play. I just think Steve Davis gives him more control of the game. And in a night when you don't want to get caught up in the emotion, you need someone to put the foot in the ball, I think Steve would be good for that. Uh, certainly I think Joe Reba will play off the right, Ryan Kent off the left. If Kamara Roof's fit, he will play as the centre forward. So it's a third midfield player, Jack. And Lundstrom, I think he'll pick, plus one more. Do you agree with that? Is it, is How it just, have I got? Is, <laughs> hey, you've got about 10 seconds. The, the, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with everything so, so you, are you are you agreeing with the third mid are you yeah. thinking Steve Davis the, as the well the thing is, is Kamara might come in I think yeah because yeah, well, he, he loves number 10 and he's really more energy than yeah. Stephen Davis and not, yeah. I just think Stephen Davis played there didn't he and it doesn't seem he to did. me as if he always plays two games and maybe he was thinking Thursday when he left out Jack and Kamara yeah, totally. on Sunday on Sunday yeah so that's a, a possibility I would get that Craigs, thank you very much. And Chris, yeah, thank you. lovely to see you. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show. And we are back uh, tomorrow night with um, another two hours of Talking Football Live at Five. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new iGo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. 
technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow.